Everyone knows Law Matters was created to open the lines of communication between law enforcement and the community. Over the course of the last year, we have become painfully aware of the very negative headlines national media projected across the country regarding all law enforcement agencies. Over the last several months, and after numerous investigations, we have learned that these negative headlines did not tell the whole story but rather painted a picture designed to diminish the rule of law and those whose job it is to enforce it. Law Matters wants you to hear all the facts so you can decide for yourself. As these investigations conclude, these stories will be featured on our Truth Matters page on lawmatters1030.org website. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining Law Matters this morning. On the phone, we have Search and Rescue to remind us of what not to do this weekend. Steve, are you there? I am, Sherry. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Just want to tell everybody that uh, there's snow on the mountain, and we expect that we'll have a lot of people from the valley wanting to go up and play in the snow. We're just asking that they be careful driving on the roadway and that they understand that a lot of people get up there and try to play in the snow, and they need to kind of have some patience and understand everybody wants to have an enjoyable time while they're up there. I thought the weather was going to be in the 70s. Isn't all that snow melting? No, there's minimal snow up in uh, the area around Bigelow, in uh, around milepost 20 in that area. And there's more snow as you get up to Ski Alley. And I believe that they're skiing up there now or starting at 9 o'clock. So I could be wrong on that. But change in weather, change of scenery um, still draws people up there. We just want everyone to be careful. Okay. Well, I'm from Chicago, and I've seen a lot of snow, so you won't see me up there. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) if you do decide to go up there, please be careful and understand uh, people aren't used to driving on slick roads, and there is some ice on some of the corners up there, and they just need to be aware. And you be safe, too. I will. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for calling in. Talk to you soon. Okay, on today's show, we have Oral Valley Police Chief, Carol O'Reilly, and we were going to talk about everything that's involved with you hiring. Yes, good morning. (laughs) You've got things going on up there. We do. It's been uh, a challenge for our profession in in hiring police officers and uh, our telecommunicators, or what formerly has been known as our 911 dispatchers, and so we've... uh, how to change up some of our hiring practices and uh, kind of coming up with the times of technology. So now our uh, written tests for police officers and dispatchers can be done virtually. And really? so um, we... I can do it from home? You can do it from home. Uh, we have a monitor process that occurs and that's something that was brought in that we learned that some of the phoenix area police agencies were doing so we began to apply it in our agency it's been very successful so as a person completes an application there's a quicker process that occurs um, and certainly that seems to benefit this generation the younger generation that like uh, a quicker response and so as the application is completed the written test can occur within a day or so where in the past we would do a written test maybe every four or five months now we're doing them weekly oh wow uh, we're also doing our physical fitness exam once a month which is also Virtually? a change 
Not virtually. <laughs> we haven't gotten that creative yet, but uh, certainly during the pandemic, it was something that we had to really think outside the box to continue our hiring practices. And probably the most important change that we have done is we've engaged the Tucson Police Department with using of their academy under Chad Kazmar's leadership. And then we've also engaged the Northern Arizona Police Academy, which is located up in Prescott, Arizona. And matter of fact, I'm heading up there tomorrow because we have two new recruits starting. Oh, awesome. Okay, now you say this virtually. Is the test timed? There is a, a time element to it. Um, and in essence, there's it's usually about an hour long test. And um, it's kind of a really um, all topics that you look at, basic grammar, um, a little bit of math, things like that. And it, it is one that we give. Um, if the person doesn't uh, isn't successful the first time, we give them the opportunity to try again. Um, and so it's those things that were just really kind of changed up in this past where, like I said, in the past, it was every few months and now yeah. it's often. Yeah, that's awesome. The physical part of it, do do you put people through a physical exam before they go to the academy? Yes. Uh, we continue to do that at the mile and a half run, push-ups, sit-ups. And uh, it's something that is important, physical fitness in our industry. And I, and I hope we have an opportunity to talk about wellness as we continue our, our show today. But uh, physical fitness is very important. So we do have a standard that you must meet. Uh, again, the opportunities are there. If you aren't able to make it on your first try, then we welcome them back the next month. And so it's those opportunities that you can try to continue to uh, be successful and we also work with you to have one of our training sergeants uh, work with that person. Let's say they aren't successful in one area of it, of some techniques and practices that might improve so that you can become successful the next time. So, yeah, you're really working with them then. Where does this physical part take place? We normally have a partnership with CDO High School. Oh, okay. And so we're able <laughs> to like go over there in the on lobby. <laughs> On Saturdays, it's either CDO High School and sometimes we use Ironwood Ridge High School. So it just varies on who's available pending special events. That's that's pretty remarkable because I don't remember that happening. And I usually tell people, if you're you're thinking about this, look at what the requirements are. Get ready. Don't just show up cold turkey and think it's going to happen. So yeah. practice. And the standards are on our website um, and then the background uh, history check also occurs and all of those standards will be listed on our uh, website but they're also webs, uh, listed on the Arizona uh, Peace Officer Standardization Training uh, AZ Post is what you'll refer to it as um, website as well and I know that you're having the director on I believe next week I so think so those yeah. are all the standards and those have changed over the time as well so okay does every agency have the same standards no some agencies do not do the physical fitness exam. Some don't do oral boards. It just varies from pers you know agency to agency. Um, it's our belief that we have to be prepared physically, and we also want to get to know the person through an oral board or a, an opportunity for them to answer some questions. And then after they're complete with the background process, the final thing that we've added on since I became the police chief is we really uh, want to have that last interview with myself and my deputy chief to ensure it's a, it's a good fit for our community, our community expectations, uh, the police services that they uh, expect of us and certainly deserve. We want to make sure it's a good fit. 
And so they become part of a, I liken it to a marriage, a family. And so we want to make sure that it's a good fit. And so we complete that whole process and then they uh, head off to the police academy. How many people are on your oral board? Uh, Normally there's about four. Uh, Usually we like like going in front of the firing squad. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Uh, We usually, uh, and we have different testing processes, right? So you have different questions for people that are entering into telecommunications um, because that really involves a lot of multitasking going Mm on. Uh, Then you have different tests for people who are already certified police officers. You have different tests for people who are brand new police officers. So we understand that the expectations are going to be very different for each position. Okay, you you have your own 911 call center. Yes, it's a public safety answering point. It's called a PSAP and we do in Oro Valley. And you're referring to it as, I call it a call center? Yeah, communication center. Communications. Mm -hmm. What does it take to be a communications person and are you hiring in that capacity? So we are hiring. Uh, We... uh, the and the interesting thing about those positions is you don't have to be 21, um, so it's 18 or older. Uh, I have one uh, dispatcher that we recently hired in the last two years that she started at 17. Wow. Uh, we had a parent's approval, uh, and she just turned 19, and she's wildly successful. Um, you have to have been convicted of no felonies um, and you know clean background, uh, but really it comes down to uh, being able to multitask. Uh, we do what's called a critical testing process, which means that the um, potential candidates come in and they really test multitasking and your ability to hear and document at the same time, because that's really what you're doing in communications. You're keyboarding on the fly. Yes. And um, they are our first first responders. Exactly. And um, they are really under um, acknowledged in my opinion they are so essential to everything that we do in police work and so it's one of our um, partnerships that we cannot do without them Uh, i liken all of police services because it also includes property and evidence it includes records our administrative staff i like to liken it as a wheel with spokes in it and none of us are successful without the other exactly and so it really is important that uh, we recognize all of their hard work and uh, dedication to the communities. And so um, they really do help us combat crime and solve problems. So when I call 911, they transfer me to you? No, if you are in our jurisdiction, it is automatically in Aura Valley. The only time that it really does change is if we happen to get overwhelmed with calls. So there's a certain amount of times that the system will automatically kick it to the county, um, but then kick it back to us, if that makes sense. So every time you're calling in our jurisdiction, you're you're speaking to an Aura Valley dispatcher. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. It is a really interesting um process. It's run by our uh, phenomenal communications manager, Michelle DeVault. Uh, Some of the things that have changed over the years that I always find fascinating is that we are now able to what they call hot seat and go to Marana's dispatch center uh, when we were under construction and actually take 911 calls in Marana uh, because of our login system through the uh, Pima County wireless integrated networking system or what you may know locally as PC Win. Uh, so that's really kind of an interesting concept that we can house in Marana and still take 911 calls and, and certainly in change. Um, Marana Police Department Communications was in our call center recently while they were under construction. 
So I know the police departments work really well together, and we it do. didn't used to be that way. Mm-hmm. It used to be, you know, hey, this, don't cross that line. Now that everybody's working together, sharing information and, and helping each other on different calls and things, I think that's really commendable, and it it just makes it for a safer community. We have something special here in Southern Arizona. We uh, do. We really do. Uh, I always tell people we're better together as one. Um, and that really is the case in policing and public safety as a whole. Uh, not only is it with the Pima County Sheriff's Department, it's the Tucson Police Department. I would say right now we are at the best uh, relationship and collaboration going on in Pima County that I've seen in my 31 years of policing in this community. Uh, so it's certainly a, a really a benefit to all that we serve. Okay, you've got some events coming up. We do. We we want to talk about these because, and especially this project grad, because I just think it's so important and to corral these kids. So talk, tell us about what's happening. Sure. So a little history of project graduation. It was started, uh, this will be our 20th year. Oh. Um, so one of our schools is at 19, but my other is at 20 because they weren't in existence at, at the time. And it was started by um, retired Chief Danny Sharp and, and one of our uh, uh, former council members, Mary Snyder. And it was the concept was to be able to provide a party or a, a, a special celebration for our youth, which is normally one of our most dangerous times uh, of the year, which is graduation night. And so it if it is benefits all of Amphitheater School District High School. So that's Amphi High School, CDO High School, and um, Ironwood Ridge High School. And so we have two events coming up, one on February uh, 4th at a... Um, our uh, local golf course. They're doing the Project Grad Golf Tournament. So I would just encourage you to uh, Google that if you want to know about that event. And then we also are doing a fundraiser on March 25th in our local park at Riverfront Park called Guns and Hoses. And it's a competition for It's kickball. a family show. Yes. <laughs> so... So, yeah, tell us about the Guns and Hoses. It's our kickball tournament against other public safety entities. The goal is that the police uh, be able to beat the firefighters and the firefighters want to beat us. Uh, unfortunately, last year, which was our first event, that we raised about $11,000, uh, Golden Ranch Fire District beat us. Uh, so we're, we're the challenge Payback. is on. Payback. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know how to play kickball? Uh, I learned quickly. I, <laughs> I ended up kind of uh, being the logistics person in the background. Um, I'm certainly not the best at it, but uh, we we did. You'll find it in police and fire that they're very competitive. So, if fire department's playing kickball, can you by any chance play dodgeball? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the idea, right? It's one of, one way to get even. <laughs> yeah, it's a so, thought, right? So you've, you've got different people. Do you assign them? This is what you're doing or do they volunteer? They volunteer. Do it they? is uh, the thing in policing uh, is that you'll find us to be very competitive in public safety in all aspects. Uh, yesterday, we started another program uh, of a competition called the Pride for the Patch. It's usually hosted, uh, really led by Morana Police Department, where we all uh, focus on getting weighed in. And then we all for three months challenge ourselves to have better eating habits and exercise habits. And then whoever loses the most as an agency gets the belt. So, so Oral (laughs) Valley is going to be starving themselves. So (laughs) that's it. That's our goal. 
And is it this like a wrestling belt where it they is. have these? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a wrestling belt. And so they not only check your uh, um, weight, but they also check like bone density and really o- overall physical fitness. Everything. Everything. So there'll be people, uh, winners for the top three that lose the most weight and then the top three that gain the most muscle. I want to see the officer who wears the belt. <laughs> I will I will certainly send you a photo of the winners. That's got to be something else. We also have, uh, and I want to remind people that next weekend on the 14th from 10 to 12 at the Miracle Mile Police Station, they're going to be showing a film and it's regarding sex trafficking and the subject matter is mature, so you don't want to bring young kids to this. And it's basically designed for parents and older youth who have access to internet and social media based activities that you don't want to miss this. Mark your calendar. You really want to be there to watch this film. There will be Q&A afterwards, so you can have any questions that you might have locally answered. Right. So, yeah. And it's really, we're thankful for the uh, the Tucson Police Department and uh, others that are hosting this event. Uh, I think it's an incredibly important topic. Uh, one thing that we've implemented in our agency in our community is we started to put out a, a lesson plan to all of our motels and hotels and apartment complexes to combat this tragedy. And the airports on yes. board, they're they're doing their part to make sure that, you know, people have the education and, and the awareness and the contact information if you suspect something. It's so yes. important to call it in. Yes. And it's it goes back to that old adage, if you see something, say something. Yeah. And we really want to know any toward side kind of suspicious activity that that may be linked to something so tragic and if this is something that's happening as you speak you call 911 not 88 crime correct and if it's a pattern of something you're observing then you call 88 crime and they can also observe it and see what's going on yes so do your part you need to be and this i tell people this all the time parents you don't know what you don't know until you've been to one of these sessions because it's it's ugly and your kids aren't going to tell you about it. Yeah, we so. do. Yeah, we do encourage attendance of it. So you said that you changed some of the accreditation process. What has changed? So if I want to become a police officer, what do I need to do? So the accreditation is going to be a separate uh, topic, but for hiring. Um, some of the standards have changed in reference to what you've been allowed to do in the past versus not. And that's really under Arizona Post standards. And I'm sure that uh, Director Giordani will, will address that next week. Um, so, But in regards to our accreditation, what that is, is under the Arizona Association of Chiefs of Police, it's 174 best practice standards that has been uh, recommended through national uh, recommendations. And so police agencies across the state of Arizona can and can decide that they want to do this accreditation. And it took uh, Ore Valley Police Department two years. Uh, we received our accreditation in September of 2022. So what that is, is we were, we have like an on-site inspection that occurs and we have to prove and show they call them proofs, that we are practicing best law enforcement practices that are recommended throughout the entire nation and state of Arizona. And so we did complete that in in, uh, September, and it doesn't stop. You have to continue to show those standards each year. So annually, 174. Give me an example of some of these things that, that they require. 
So, for example, they verify that we are providing bulletproof vests for our police officers, that we have standards that are in best practices with, for example, police pursuits, things like that. So if we have a policy that says you will not pursue on uh, anything except a serious violent uh, felony, then we have to show a case that shows that we complied with that. And then that shows over this last year we complied with that. And that is the, in essence, we're able to check that box that we met that standard uh, this year because we've now met the initial 174 standards. They will then pick another 65 that we have to show every year and we will maintain that. Wow. And then in four years, we will have another on-site inspection. Uh, what the public should know is our communications, our 911 center is getting ready to start their own accreditation and so they will become one of uh, the first to be accredited in the state and so we're going through that process right now the program is just getting rolled out and will probably start in march of this year you you mentioned high-speed chases Mm -hmm. has oral valley had high-speed chases Uh, i believe last year we had one and it was not a high speed it was a low speed chase Um, But it does occur. It's just very rare. We have very strict rules on it because of the unattended consequences of the public's safety in reference to what can happen if you do chase. Uh, So it is something that we really do have a strict limit on uh, because of the fact of the speed can can be so dangerous to those that are around it. I I promise not to do it again. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I know we had... um Sierra Vista police chief on uh-huh. and he was talking about these illegals being transported through mm-hmm. his town at high speeds and how difficult it is and they can't engage in that in town because it's too dangerous they have to mm-hmm. wait until they're on the other side yeah and he yep. said it happens on a daily basis I, I would suspect in, that it probably does. Uh, the the issue also is occurring is is you know you need to look at what the traffic flow is at the time, the time of day, the weather. All these different things play a role into what the situation is. And police officers and police sergeants are making those split second decisions immediately on scene. And so that's why we really focus on a lot about policies and procedures and training and the law to really ensure that we're providing the best. Uh, resources for them to make split second decisions and people don't i I hear you know the monday night quarterbacks people don't realize how split second those decisions are and you know it's it's matter sometimes of life and death they are and it's really important as police leaders to uh, always remember where you came from because it's important for us to realize that at that moment i'm not quite sure what that sergeant or supervisor or officer was thinking and so i really need to make sure that i take the time to review that and always uh, remember where you started because there's been countless times we were all in those shoes oh absolutely mm-hmm. okay we're going to take a quick break right now and we'll be back in a few daylight is fading and the temperature is dropping you're not only cold hungry and lost in a densely wooded area you're injured Time is of the essence. Sarsi is a highly trained team of dedicated volunteers who work closely with Pima County Search and Rescue to help people in critical situations just like this. To join an exclusive team of heroes, go to sarsi.org. That's S-A-R-C-I.org. 
We need your knowledge, experience, and of course, your generous spirit. To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to 233-733. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. Save your phone's battery life so when you get lost, we may contact you. Wearing bright colors that can be seen from a distance helps the effort. This is a rescue, not a scavenger hunt. Thanks for staying with us. Our guest today is Oro Valley Police Chief Kara O'Reilly. And if you have any questions, the number is 520-790-2040. And we've been talking about the different requirements to become law enforcement um, your hiring practice, you're hiring now for everything, right? Yeah, or- we are We are currently hiring for um, police officers and for telecommunicators as well. How many um, people, how many telecommunicators, call centers do you, people are in there? Sure, uh, there's a total of 15. I have uh, currently, uh, I believe, two openings. And uh, so we're always looking for that. In Oro Valley Police Department as a whole, I like to call it that we are becoming somewhat of a tenured agency. So we are starting to see the retirements occur as well. And so it's really important for us as leaders to prepare for succession planning. So that's something that we're always looking at where if we know somebody is uh, due to retire, they're either hitting their time in our uh, retirement system or um, they are, you know, 20 years and they've decided to leave our profession. It's something that we have those conversations ahead of time and so that we can prepare so we're not down so many people when we're trying to, you know, kind of get ahead of the process. It's important too. I know there's a lot of people retiring and, you know, it's it's one thing to have the, the classroom education and the continuing education but there's street smarts to be had and all these people are retiring and all that mentorship and knowledge is going to be sitting on the sofa. It's just kind of sad. (laughs) Yeah, I think that there is, I was telling somebody the other day, we have uh, a set of tenured police officers and we have a lot of new and then very few kind of in the middle. So really, that's really our push right now to ensure that we're passing that knowledge on so that there is this next step into leadership positions. And and certainly that's something that we push a lot in our agency. Uh, where we are, where you you may used to be in a position for two to three years as a police sergeant. Now it may be just about a year, and then you're moving to the next section. So, oh wow, uh, we're we're keeping it busy so that we can get that training and experience. So when somebody wants to go from you know patrol to sergeant to what lieutenant and then what captain, I don't know what the yeah our ranks is you have a lead police officer, which is an assignment, and then we have a sergeant, and then we have a lieutenant. We have commanders and we have a deputy chief, only one. So that's like an assistant chief and then my position. Okay. Do they have to take a test, a written exam or a physical exam? What do they do to get these promotions? So for sergeant or criminal investigations, a detective, um, sometimes there is a written exam, but most of the time it's just an oral board. We review their past performance um, and we do tactical scenarios, um, things like that before they get promoted to the next position. Give me an example. An example of a, of a tactical scenario. It might be a um, where they're in a, it's in a room and they actually are 
a board of experts in tactics and there might be a 911 call a mock 911 call that comes in and how would you handle it with the first 30 seconds of that 911 call then what after after that they update it with an additional information how are you going to do it with all the resources that you have and then what's the next part they keep adding to it to try to give them a realistic scenario to uh, see what to see what on. their actions will be in performance yeah it's not like on tv it is not like on tv no <laughs> It's very frustrating to watch some of those shows mm-hmm. because it gives the wrong impression to so many people that go, well, that's how they do it. Well, it's not reality. Yeah, it is. It is very different. Yeah. So, okay. Crime trends. What kind of crime trends do you have or do you? I mean, Oral Valley is like this little haven, of <laughs> secure, you know, everybody's happy. Nothing bad happens in Oral Valley. Well, bad things do happen in Oro Valley. Oh, no, uh, unfortunately, you're me. I apologize, <laughs> but uh, it is something that we do pride ourselves in our police uh, performance. Um, it's humbling. I, I rode patrol the other night with my midnight officers, and to see their drive and their will and uh, desire to ensure that crime doesn't occur in our community is really. Um, as a, as a police leader, it's humbling to watch um, and to realize, frankly, when I'm out there with them, how much I learn when I'm with them. And so it, it is one of those things that I have to always um, remind them how much I appreciate everything that they do in combating crime in our community. Uh, some of the things that we consistently are seeing in our community that seems to be, um, I think, affecting all of communities is our shoplifting Uh, retail theft continues to be an issue. Uh, We really do engage our businesses with a program called the Adopt-A-Business. I think it's important for the communities to know, and certainly businesses in our community, if you aren't part of the Adopt-A-Business program, I do recommend that you reach out to the Ore Valley Police Department. What this allows is for a police officer every month to go out and engage the business ahead of time so that they're not hesitant to call us if something bad does happen. Uh, but we also want to provide them some crime, um, um, uh, crime fighting, I guess I would ideas, say, ideas, yeah. uh, ways to prevent crime occurring in their business. Uh, because frankly, you know, public safety is part of economic development and economic success. So if you have a business in our community, we want you to be successful. And so part of that becomes public safety. Uh, it's kind of uh, when I talk to my friend who's a real estate agent, the, the number one thing that people look for is schools and public safety. And yeah. so that's something that we really focus on in helping with the economic drive in our community as well. So we all work together as one. Now, it seems to be um, what's happening in Tucson. There's a lot of shoplifting. I mean, mm-hmm. they have to support their drug habit. And it's getting ugly to the point where you can hardly walk into some of these areas to a store without being accosted by mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. to the point where I don't do that anymore. I shop online. And that's sad because that affects the entire community. Mm-hmm. So working together on that, and I, I love that idea of, you know, having somebody assigned to this business. Hey, what what can we do for you? Yeah, and we recently saw an increase in our attendance, uh, uh, you know, partnerships. So I think we just hit 154 businesses oh, wow. in that's our community. Cool. So that's really a, a, a good push. Um, it's, it's important. The officers really enjoy it. Uh, they get to know uh, people that they're serving every day. And so it is important for us to uh, continue that and push that. So we work with the Chamber of Commerce a lot as well. 
Can you hear that? I can. I hope they're on our side. <laughs> I don't know if the audience can hear that. There's aircraft going over. Davis Monthan is at busy working <laughs> up at early. And we're grateful for them. Exactly. <laughs> That's the sound of freedom up there. So your call center, is it um, required that you be bilingual or how does this work? When you have somebody who speaks a different language and it doesn't have to be Spanish, how does that work when somebody calls in? It, you do not have to be bilingual. Um, what happens is we have a language line that we are able to access immediately 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if a person is in a crisis and they end up calling 911 and they do not speak uh, English, then it is something that we are able to immediately get assistance to. Um, and so that's really fortunate for us. And then we've just implemented in the last couple of years since I took over as the police chief, the state implemented the text 911 as well. So that is also something that we uh have available to us and on friday night when i was working i also heard for the first time the apple watch uh 911 system play out so i've never really? seen that either so how did that how does that work it was a it, fall okay. victim and apparently your phone will also automatically call oh so i i learned that okay yeah i think i've seen that advertised on tv yes. your, your <laughs> phone will report you yes if you don't respond right away Right. And there's a proximity in regards to uh, how close we can get when you have the new set of... Um, it doesn't send you latitude and longitude. It just it, says something happened here. It, it does actually send us that. It the does? actual directions of where you're at. Um, I believe we're almost up to like three meters of where it's at. Oh my God, that's amazing. It's very impressive. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. I'm learning something new every day. <laughs> so, and the, the language line, how many different languages does it offer? Is it, is it just like English, Spanish, or do they offer other languages? It's, it's every language. Every language. Every language. It's impressive, all the opportunities that we have there. Uh, we do have people who do not speak you know the uh, english or spanish sometimes we've i've heard where we've had mandarin um so it does happen wow um, so sometimes that will happen and it's an opportunity for us to be able to use that program do all agencies 911 areas have that option to pretty much pretty much yeah my understanding is everybody use has an opportunity to have somebody assist with the language so that's pretty cool. So you don't have to worry about if, you know, okay, I don't speak English. How can I call 911? Mm -hmm. They're going to translate that for absolutely you. Absolutely will be there. That's awesome. I did not know that. So what kind of, you, you're talking about crime trends. What kind of, um, other than shoplifting, does Oro Valley have anything going on that people need to be aware of? You know, we're always challenging as well with uh, narcotics. Uh, oh, that is an yes. issue with fentanyl. It is uh, continues to be an issue. Uh, we do deploy Narcan to all of our police officers, um, not only for the safety of our community, but frankly, the uh, law enforcement community as well, because of the exposure potential is there. So we really want to make sure that we're providing the best safety factors for our police officers. We almost lost a DEA agent because of his... Uh, moving the evidence from one area to another and it got into his system through his hands through his skin yeah it, it's incredibly dangerous yes uh and when they say one one pill can kill that that is the i know the advertisement going on with the dea that is the the, the facts 
um, yeah. and it's extremely dangerous. So it is something that we are seeing in Ore Valley as well. So it is something that we're always oh, trying to be ahead of that in regards to prevention and education. So we are putting together some education for our schools. As you know, we have a very robust school re- resource officer program. You do. So it's important for our community to know that we are, are consistently challenging ourselves and uh, what we always focus on is continuous improvement. So it is important for us to get in ahead of the education and prevention of this very dangerous drug. Uh, so I just met with um, the um, federal partners as well, and we're constantly making sure that we're getting the federal resources that we can into our community, whether it's about advertising and prevention. It's parents, some of this information doesn't make it home to the parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was really surprised that like 80% and I think there was an ad with our attorney general said 80% of parents have never had that conversation with their kids Mm -hmm. but their kids are being told about it through schools thank God but that doesn't filter up to the parents which is another reason why anytime there's an event where law enforcement wants to educate you regardless of the topic on the 14th next weekend, it'll be sex trafficking and how easily that can happen. Your kid could be sitting next to you on the sofa and being sex trafficked and you don't know it. You Correct. need to attend these events so yeah. you can be educated. And we, um, in in uh, March, we'll be doing our yearly an, uh, annual event called the Drug Awareness Day, which is where we invite all fifth graders throughout our um community so that that includes all of our private schools all of our charter schools everybody comes together for one day at the park for us to really talk about making good choices Um, and as you know prevention is not measurable so it's important for us to it's kind of just our best guess that as they enter into junior high that's when they might begin to see these challenges and making good choices so that's really where the police department is focusing on teaching young people to make good choices but with that to your point we also invite the parents to that event which allows us that opportunity as the kids are going off learning about public safety and making good choices we also do an educational point for the parents as well on things to look for things to be concerned about um cell phones you know cyber bullying all these different topics that we try to address in a short time with them uh, as their kids enter into the junior high time and people need to stop saying oh not my child Mm-hmm. because it's everywhere it touches absolutely. everybody absolutely mm-hmm. it does okay you talked about the the grad uh, project grad is there a program any kind of a program for kids graduating from grade school i we called it grade school i guess it's middle school Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of program for those kids? We don't have anything that's specific for my eighth going into ninth grade right. is is what you're asking. Yeah, we don't have a specific event for that. Uh, what I will say, though, is that we do have our school resource officers in our junior highs. Um, so our junior high that we have in our community is Wilson. Uh, Coronado also filters into our school, but Coronado is in the county. Uh, but all those kids end up coming to this Drug Awareness Day, which then filters into our high school schools so that eventually we touch them in our community yeah awesome yeah i know you have some we've had your school resource officers on the show 
And they're pretty impressive. They're amazing men and women. And, uh, you know, I always like to tout the fact that they thought outside the box during the pandemic. I'm not sure. I believe you may have had Officer Greg Kamara on. I did. Where he made those videos. And he just thought outside the box of these kids are at home. Um, and I'm the new school resource officer. So how am I going to get to know them? And he started making videos. And now I think we're almost at series number 80 uh, <laughs> of videos that he's made. And when the kids finally came back in person, and he was this rock star that he didn't even know he was. Everybody so, knew who he was because of his knew. videos. And mm-hmm. they were great. And I kn- remember he did one, how to wear your backpack. Yes. So you don't injure your back down the road. You're going to be, oh, my back. He taught him how to wear a backpack, how to put it on properly. He did. And he uh, actually had some very entertaining dance moves with that training, if you didn't get to see that. <laughs> so, uh, and I know our high school uh, you know, Joey Cantu over at uh, CDO High School uh, participates in the band regularly. Uh, he's a saxophone oh, artist. Cool. So uh, that video made um, quite a few hits on our social media. So uh, <laughs> our, our goal is that they are a mentor, a teacher, and then law enforcement. Law enforcement afterwards. Yeah. Afterwards, yes. I know you have um, a youth program, an explorer program. Is it called Explorer? It's actually called our Cadets. See, I knew that. Yeah, and uh, it's for kids that are 14 to 21. And we do invite anybody in um, our school districts if they would like to come participate. Um, And actually, they don't even need to be in Ore Valley School District, um, but they're welcome to come participate. And it's uh, it's very popular. I think we're sitting uh, maybe nearing 30 or 40 kids right now. Uh, They meet every Monday night at our police department and they go over um, police tactics and different uh, life skills. We also talk, teach them just things like how to put together a resume, how to present yourself professionally. But frankly, they do a lot of public service. And so they're out in our community a lot with volunteering their hours with parking events um, and helping out in our community in any way they can. National Night Out, they were yeah. there helping everybody. If you needed something, they were right there, you know, yeah. making it happen. Yeah, and but it, it gives them something to do too. I think that, and more importantly, I think for me, you know, certainly as a mother, but I look back at uh, the the youth that we have in this group and the youth throughout our community, and it gives you such hope for our future. Uh, they're really just amazing young men and women, and it's exciting to see what's next for them. How long is the Explorer program and or <laughs> the mm-hmm. Cadet program? Cadet. And how does somebody get involved with it? Is there, you know, a start date or is it any time? Anytime you want to come out, um, you can always uh, just check on our website um, or our social media and you'll see where you have that um, page specifically for our cadets. Uh, during the summer, we do what's called a teen academy. And so there are going to be an opportunity for teenagers to learn about the police department. It's three days long. We feed you uh, and it's free. Uh, <laughs> that is always, that's <laughs> it's always important. Uh, that fills up very quickly, uh, as does our Citizens Academy, which we are getting ready to host in February. And that is every Tuesday night from 9 to, or excuse me, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And we also feed you. And that is an opportunity for community members to learn about the police department in every aspect of it. Okay, what, what, um, how many weeks is the Citizens Academy? The Citizens Academy is 12 weeks. And the um, ex- cadet 
Academy. You know, and I think cadet, I'm thinking somebody who's going into law enforcement, mm-hmm. a younger person, I don't think teenagers. So the cadet program, how many weeks is that or is it ongoing? It's ongoing. There's no certain academy. We used to have an academy and I, I would say that in the future we probably will eventually go back to that. Um, but this one is just something where you can come participate Monday e- evenings and um, it's ongoing all the time. Okay. The Citizens Academy. Yes. What do you teach the citizens? What do they get to do in, in it's only three hours from six to nine? Six to nine. And each week is a different topic. So you will learn everything from the Office of Professional Standards, which is normally what people know as internal affairs. Right. You'll learn about patrol traffic. Do, do you, you go on a ride along during this academy? You can. Uh, we had to stop that for a while because of the COVID, pandemic. Yeah. And then uh, right now, uh, this past one, we've been overwhelmed with training. So our field training officers and all of our officers have had a additional person in the car for a while. So our goal is to eventually get back to that. And it is a short ride along that they get to do but we do also take you out to the get to see all the SWAT equipment you get to learn about our canines you get to learn about um, doing a ride along in our communication center property and evidence processing crime scenes our DUI enforcement where we bring somebody in and actually show the difference between somebody who isn't impaired to somebody who is impaired and I think people have a hard time wrapping their mind around that Mm -hmm. they don't see that I'm buzzed. I'm I'm just feeling a little happy, but I'm capable of driving. Mm-hmm. Eh, not so much. Yeah, and it's really interesting because right now, uh, for example, Officer Trey Brown and Officer Vanessa Molina are my DUI units and for, for in our community. Uh, and it wasn't just them. It's a lot of our officers together. We had 50 DUI arrests for the month of December. We average wow. 15. Uh, so we did have an extensive amount of deployments that occurred. People were celebrating. 50. DUIs. That's a lot of DUIs for our community. And certainly they combat it with such professionalism. uh, And I'm so grateful for all of their hard work. And uh, so it's important. It's such a preventable crime. It's so preventable in regards to just having a ride share, whether it be Uber or Lyft, a friend, a designated driver. The other issue that we are starting to see, which we predicted was going to be an issue, was driving drugged meaning yes. the marijuana use. And how do you determine that? And sure. we, I remember six years ago, we were telling people, don't make it legal. Look what happened to Denver. Now we've got that problem twofold right here in Arizona. But how do you tell if somebody's high on, because it stays in your system mm-hmm. for days? It does. And so what's interesting is, is again, working Friday night, I was able to see it actually in person for myself. And what happens is, is we've had to add additional training to our DUI units and they are now what we call drug recognition experts. Uh, so that has been a longstanding practice in policing anyway. So now we're really focusing on making sure we're honing in that training and skills for those officers to recognize when impairment is occurring because of marijuana use or fentanyl use or methamphetamine use. So that is what they look at. If you happen to be run through some field sobriety tests and you do not show any signs of impairment, then we get you back on the road and and you go on your way. But uh, it is a difficult process, but that's the, in essence, what we're having to do is do an additional training for the police officer to be able to do the field sobriety test to show specific impairment because of drugs. Okay, if if somebody has drugs in their system, do they do 
a blood test? Do they draw yes. blood at, at the scene? Yes, we. It's no different than alcohol. Okay. In, in our community, we do um, blood draws, so it is no different in that sense. That we also do a. It's just as if you do a DUI with alcohol. It's no different with that part of it. Uh, you are required to. Um, provide us a, a test uh, of a blood sample and if you choo- choose not to then there you're suspended for up to a year on your driver's license that's no kidding yes that's... so that's part of the process that goes on wow okay i could see somebody coming at me with a needle that you have to run really really fast <laughs> catch up <laughs> not good at it so therefore i won't be doing drugs so <laughs> not <laughs> right? happening that's it so okay that your law enforcement, if they're drawing blood, do they, the law f- officer draws the blood? So they've been trained as a phlebotomist? Correct. We have several officers that are phlebotomists, but we also are able to take them to our emergency room and their the phlebotomist on duty can also do it for us. And what happens to the car? It gets towed away? It does. It gets impounded for um, X amount of days, depending on what the uh, type of uh, impairment. So it depends if they were an extreme DUI, meaning over a, a 0.15 uh, or not. Uh, so it just varies on what the crime is on how long the length of the impoundment. Does the marijuana numbers differ from alcohol numbers or is the impairment just one scale? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I hear you. It right? So <laughs> we just actually, it doesn't, there isn't a certain level. I believe there is, I'm sorry, I repeat, let me repeat that. I believe there is a certain level of impairment that they look for in regards to the amount uh, in your system. I can't tell you what that is, um, but in regards to alcohol, it is 0.08 in our uh, blood alcohol system. Okay. Um, for an extreme DUI, it's 0.15. Uh, so it just depends on the level of if you happen to be in an extreme DUI, then you may have your car impounded for longer. So it's no joke. Don't do it. It's not yeah. worth it. You could lose your license. Yeah, get an Uber. Lose your job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to just call Uber or somebody to come get you. Yes. Makes more so much more sense. Let's go over, because we only have a little bit of time left, let's go over some of these events that are coming up that people need to be aware of so they can take part in it the golf tournament yes it's a yearly uh, event in our community on uh, project grad golf tournament is going to be february 4th uh, 2023 it's at our uh, or valley community center uh, we have all of the high school representation out there so we have amphi cdo and ironwood ridge uh, they also have their own teams of of youth golf players oh, and okay. then um, cool. normally local businesses can come out participate get a foursome for the uh, tournament all those funds go towards project graduation it is our largest uh, fundraiser for project graduation in our community so does each school have their own party Yes, each graduation night. So every high school, their graduation date is different. Uh, And so one is Tuesday night, one's Wednesday night, one's Thursday night. So So you can just party for three days in a row. (laughs) So what we do is we raise money for each high school event. Uh, So that means that if we happen to raise $100,000 for the entire year, each one would get 33, 33, and 33. So what kind of uh, events do they lock these kids in a school? <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to get out. They're lock these kids in a school. 
And what kind of events do they put on? Dancing, I imagine. Yeah, they actually, it's it's amazing, the creativity. They have different uh, themes okay. for each one. Uh, so whatever the school um, has chosen for that year is that theme. Um, and then sometimes it's like Star Wars, our Hawaiian theme. And then they have a dinner for the kids that is catered. Uh, they also have different uh, games that could go on. They have uh, nail salons, hair salons, uh, you name it. Events are going on throughout the evening. And the goal is to keep them in a safe uh, environment overnight. And then usually they uh, literally graduate from the um, high school and they are walked right into a gymnasium of this event. It's a surprise for them. Uh, what is always the nice part of it that I've always found wonderful that I wish I had the opportunity to, to do for my daughter, but unfortunately she graduated during uh, COVID, was that the parents are able to write a message to their oh, child and cool. each parent is able or each child is able to, to get their message off of a wall full of parent messages. Oh, cool. And um, so it's those opportunities that they're afforded to have that connection at that moment. And then it, really it's their last time to be able to celebrate uh, with their friends before they go off to the different courses Colleges, in life, yeah. whether it's college, military, jobs. Um, so it's really a great event. It saves lives. Uh, we have now coming up on our 20th year of not having anybody a critical event on a high school That's awesome. graduation night. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So let, let them out, what, six in the morning? Usually it's five in the morning. Five in the morning. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes to breakfast. Every, everybody goes home and <laughs> sleeps all day, right? That's our goal. <laughs> That's awesome. You have, um, and the Guns and Hoses is also to support the. This it event. is. Yeah, we wanted to do our part from the public safety part of it because it's not just the police that benefit from having a safe night. It's our fire also gets to benefit from having a safe night for everybody. Um, you know, and our kids are in these schools too. So yeah. we really wanted to focus on providing the best care and safe environment for them. So on March 25th of this year, uh, we will be competing uh, with our public safety partners uh, so the Pima County Sheriff's Department has already let me know they have a team. The Tucson Police Department last year had three teams of, oh, wow. of kickball. And, uh, this is serious. Serious stuff. Yeah, very competitive. <laughs> and uh, we love it. And we're going to be able to serve some food out there. And everything that we raise goes to Project Red. That's awesome. That's amazing. And thank you. I want to, we only have a few seconds left. I want to thank you for coming in and telling us all this stuff. A lot of really good information. Thank you for your service. Thank and you. all your people. They're amazing men and women. I'm very we, blessed. We're very lucky in Arizona. We have some amazing law enforcement. And if you're thinking of becoming a law enforcement officer, check out the website is what? So it's uh, Oro Valley Recruiting uh, website. And you're welcome to just check the Oro Valley Police Department website. And, and we're hiring. Awesome. And <laughs> you can do it from home. That's you can. Just, just amazing. Yes. So. Thank and you for having us. Oh, thank you. And don't forget, next weekend, TPD, Miracle Mile, 10 o'clock, there's going to be a movie. Every parent needs to see this and ask questions. So until next week, shop local, stay safe, and thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. We'll talk to you soon. Law Matters Live show opens lines of communication between you and law enforcement. On our next show, Matt, the Executive Director of Arizona Post, tells us about some important changes being made this year.
Law Matters is totally funded by your donations. Please visit our sponsorship page located on lawmatters1030.org and join our mission to keep the conversation going. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org.